You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the Northern Lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert Forto and you're listening to Mushing Radio here on KVRF 89.7 in the Matsu Valley. RadioFreePalmer.org is our live streaming site and you can find all of our episodes over on firstpaw.media. Make sure you check us out on social media by searching for First Paw Media. And today I have a special guest. She is a junior musher calling in from Nenana, Alaska. Her name is Emily Robinson. Emily, how's it going today? Going awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us in the podcast. I don't know if you know this or not, but my co-host Tony and I have talked a lot about your mushing uh, season this far, and you are doing awesome out there, starting early in December with the, the Alpine Creek Excursions Race and then building up from there. So I'm excited to talk to you, but before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about, please? Yeah, so I'm 15 years old. Um, I've lived up here in the interior of Alaska my entire life. Um, I've run dogs my entire life. Um, ever since I was two years old, I've been on a dog sled. And yeah, this is like my entire, what I do. Like I'm very involved with dogs. This is all I do really in the wintertime. So, Emily, for folks that are listening to our show, they are very familiar with Nenana because we've talked a lot about the serum run and, you know, the history behind that. Can you tell us a little bit about your town and where is it on the map? Um, so it's on the Parks Highway in between Fairbanks and or closer to Fairbanks. And it's a pretty, it's almost a village. It's a pretty small town. Um, and yes, it does have a whole lot of historical history. My family is very into the Alaskan history. And um, we've, we've been doing deep dives on that for years. Niana is on the railroad system, um, is on the Niana River, of course. Um, and we actually, when we're in the summertime, we, we go to the Niana boat launch and then we go to our remote cabin on the Tanana River. That's pretty cool. So in the Nana there, it is right off of the parks. So there is road access and you're about an hour or so from the big city, if you will, of Fairbanks. Are you guys in an off-grid situation or is it on-grid? Tell us about uh, your, your little homestead there. Yeah. So we used to be off-grid um, when my parents were first living in this place. Um, so when I was like, I don't even know, like 
three years old, my parents used to bathe me in a five-gallon bucket. Oh, that my was goodness. my little, that was the thing that they used to tell me about. But um, my mom got pretty tired of living off-grid after a few years once she had me. So my, she finally got my dad to put in the water system and get a toilet and everything. So, but yeah, I, I, we originally were off-grid for a while. So there in Indiana, a little teeny community. I don't know exactly how many folks live there. Are you in public school or homeschool? I'm homeschooled. And um, so we don't live like directly in Indiana, but so we're, we're in between Fairbanks and Indiana halfway. And um, we've, we've been doing homeschool um, our entire education um, period or time. So. I like it. So you had mentioned that you've been dog mushing since as far back as you can remember. And I'm sure that that your parents and, and your dad in particular did it much longer than you. Can you tell us a little bit about him and how he got started? And then we'll jump into talking about your dogs and how, you know, your, your career and how it's developed. Yeah. So my dad, he moved, he lived in Michigan and um, he moved up to Alaska when he was 18. But before that, he, he, when he was like a little bit younger than my age, he had a few hound dogs. Um, his, his family's been hunting um, coons and also bears for many, for many years. So once, once he started creating a team, he also incorporated some Alaskan Huskies into it. For instance, I think he bought some dogs from Dee Dee Genro at one point. And so he did that for many years. He ran um, some different races in the UP, like the uh, Midnight Run, I believe, and a few others. And then when he was 18, he moved up to Alaska. Um, he, he worked with a professional kennel for uh, Iditarod Kennel for a few years. And in 2001, he ran the Iditarod. So once he ran the Iditarod, he, um, my family moved up here to Minana from Healy. And we've always had a, a smaller kennel of dogs, about 20 dogs. And I've always been raised with um, Alaskan Huskies. And um, we've, we've gone chopping out in the woods and different things like that, um, done more recreational stuff. My dad competed in a few races when I was younger, but nothing too big. And then when I was 11 years old, I said I wanted to run the junior Iditarod. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but my dad, he kind of went all out. He bought dogs from Pete Kaiser and Jesse Holmes. And once we introduced those dogs to our kennel, um, they fit in right, we, they fit in right in with our kennel. Like we've been selectively, selectively breeding for good dogs um, for many years. So I ran my first race in 2021, the Willow Junior 100, um, ended up sixth place in that race. Second year, ran Willow Junior 100 again, ended up second. And then the junior I did a rod, I um, also the ace race, I got sixth place. Um, so that was in December. Then in uh, February, I ran the Willow Junior 100. And then towards the end of the fe end of February, I won the junior I did a rod. And I'm going back again in like, I don't even know, it's like a, a week and right. running the junior I did a rod again. So that's coming up very quickly for me. And that's my big race of the season. That's like, um, the Olympics for me at this point. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And we are excited uh, to have a show coming out in just a day or so where we interview Barb Reddington to talk about uh, the junior Iditarod. My daughter ran that race twice several years ago. She's, I don't know, 25 now. So 
So yeah, that, that race holds special to my heart and I'm sure it does to your family as well. Emily, you said that you had started acquiring dogs from some pretty well-known kennels, including Pete Kaiser and Jesse Holmes and started doing some selective breeding for, for your kennel situation. Does it still have a lot of that in the lines or have you sort of just bred in what you guys are looking for or what you like, or do you still kind of harken back to those styles of dogs? Yeah. So we did a split breeding with Aaron Burmeister. So we have um, old King lines, um, CB dogs, Gebhardt, Mackie. Um, so we've, so we've been breeding dogs for quite a long time. Okay. And how many dogs do you have in your kennel right now? We have 40. 40 dogs. And uh, so it's you and your brother, Stanley. And for folks that are listening, we're going to have an episode with that young man here in just a little bit. So pay attention to your feed. And your dad is is also racing. I understand. We're going to talk about this year's racing here. I understand that you and your dad ran the first race of the year together, the ace race up pretty close to where you're at near the Denali highway. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you did very well in that race, didn't you? Yeah. So we, I ran a 14 dog team and my dad ran a, I think it was a 13 dog team. I took the adult race dogs and dad took the puppy team. And so we, we took off from the, from the parking lot and my parents just kind of let me loose. They're like, okay, go have fun. My mom was on a snow machine and she, she kept somewhat close um, to me just to make sure that I was all right. And I didn't like go falling, <laughs> falling and crashing off the sled. Um, and my dad was right behind me. And after, after a little while, we, me and my dad kind of separated and I was kind of basically by myself and ran the race, but I passed, I passed one team. We were like the second and third teams out of the parking lot. I passed one team and then I was all by myself on the highway it was a really fun experience. It's, it was really cool being able to compete with Brent Sass and Jesse Holmes, Dave Turner, like mushers that I've been looking up to for years and then being able to be in the same bar with them. And I'm, I'm uh, like just hanging out with them and, you know, talk, talking to them about like how our, how training fall training has been going and stuff like that. And it's, it, it was really, really fun to be able to do that and a, a great honor. That's awesome. And I guess the only thing to really compare that to is like hanging out with Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. Uh, and, and, you know, you're just getting started in, in the big leagues and you're you're hanging out with all of these uh, really big name mushers. That, that had to have been really cool. You know, I don't know if you know this, but you sure did get a lot of talk about that race um, on social media when it was going on, especially on Twitter. Because people kept saying, and you have a lot of history behind you, as you mentioned, with Junior Iditarod and all this, but they kept saying on social media, who is this Emily Robinson girl? She is tearing it up with all these big time kennels in these races. So people are, people are noticing. I think that's pretty cool being a junior musher and you've got, you've got some big shoes to fill, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's super super cool to be in that group of adult mushers that have twice or three times the experience that I do and being able to listen to their stories. Yes. 
So what, tell us a little bit about that. So you're you're sort of at this interesting spot. You're you're running in adult races, but you're also running in juniors, and they're sort of flip flopping back and forth. Because I know you competed in a race here in Willow, and then uh, the next week you were doing a junior. Week or two later, you were doing a junior race. What do you think about you know running with the big dogs, if we will, like Brent Sass and and those guys, and then running with uh, folk, uh, kids or, or folks that don't have a lot of experience at all. Uh, how, do you, how do you justify that? Or how do you see that when you're racing against those really two different parallel racing styles? Yeah. So there's only two musher, or two junior races in the state of Alaska. So I, if, if I was doing my entire season based off just the Willow Junior and the Junior Iditarod, I wouldn't be able to test myself very much and I'm really forced to run the adult races. Like if I could, if there was like five other more uh, junior races, I would run, I'd be running those instead of the adult races. But since there's only two, I have to be competing in the adult races to be able to test myself and my dogs as a competitive junior musher. And are you given any type of special condition or, recommendation or anything like that how obviously you have a lot of experience and your family has a lot of experience and they all know uh, your dad from Iditarod and all that Uh, do you have to ask every time when you want to run in these bigger races or do they just say oh that's Emily Robinson she's she's qualified yeah so some so sometimes I have to ask for um, adult experienced mushers to be able to sign a waiver for me, just telling them that I'm experienced, like for instance, in the Willow 150. Um, but when I'm showing the experience I have, they kind of recognize that and are willing to like let me onto the race course. So I, I do have that at on me to oh. be able to say, yeah, I'm qualified. I've run the junior. I did the route. I've won the will or ran the Willow Junior 100. Yeah, you can run another 150 mile race like the Willow 150. So let's go back just a little bit. Uh, since we've talked about racing, I, I forgot to ask you about training. How does training work? Do you guys go out as a group? Or do you go out on your own camping trips and that sort of thing? What's it look like on a longer run training schedule? So in the fall time, we, me and my mom first started out running two 14 dog teams uh, every single day, practically, um, going out twice, running four or five miles, coming back, hooking up another 14 dog team and going out again because my, my brother and dad were moose hunting at the time and they were gone. So then we got stuck with training the dogs. And then once we started jumping up in more mileage, like 15 and 20 mile runs, it was my mom, me, Stanley, and dad, two 14 dog teams training. And we have, we have a logging road and we'd just be going back and forth, back and forth doing these loops on four wheelers. So yeah, it was for those first two months of of training, it got pretty boring and you're just sitting there on the four wheeler all cold. Like your feet get cold, your hands get cold and you're just, you're just stuck there on the four wheeler. So that's how the first few months went. And then we did a few Denali highway runs because we didn't have much snow up by our place and we were still doing loops at the time because we didn't have access to our other trails. So we go to the Denali highway and do 30 and 40 mile training runs. So my dad, me, and also my brother, we'd go and do those training runs. And then once we got snow, we had access to our other trails and 
um, continue training our 40 and 50 mile runs. Um, but it's also when you're on a sled, you keep a lot more warm because you're able to move your body and shake, like move your hands around and your feet. And um, when you're on a four wheeler, it's a completely different ball game. You're just kind of sh- sit- sitting on the four wheeler shivering. So, <laughs> yeah, fall training is by far my least favorite activity mushing because, yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're you're literally just going around in circles. And, you know, it's great for the dogs because they're building muscle and, you know, getting all the kinks worked out after the summer and all that. But for for a musher, it's pretty boring unless you have you know, music blaring in, in your headphones or whatever, you're just pretty much just going round and round and round. So when you guys yeah. are out training, uh, you know, when the snow hits and, you know, it's getting closer to, to race season, since you have mm-hmm. so many people running all the dogs, I know you said that you picked the A team or the race team for the ACE race. How do you go about dividing them up? Do you have you have a favorite set? Of, I'm going to ask you a, uh, a favorite story about a dog in a minute, but do you have a favorite set of leaders or something like that that is always on your team or what? So we have a group of about, I don't know, five lead dogs. And all season we've been kind of waiting for um, a, a, one of our dogs to kind of step up to the plate and like become a G-Hall leader. We've, some, most of our dogs, they'll run up and lead but they're, they're not exactly the smartest. I've had multiple situations where I had to like run up to the front of the dogs and like point to the like trail that they needed to go down. And they're like, oh, okay, that's where you want me to go. Okay. <laughs> but um, we've had one, one female in particular where she's really stepped up to the plate this season after months of just kind of like running up there and like being like, okay, yeah, like we'll, we'll go do our run. But she's like during the Willow 150, she ran in single lead. Her name's Urchin. She ran in single lead, and she was she was doing amazing in my dad's puppy team. Like, she was really going after it. Um, so I ran her in the, the Yukon Quest 80 and the Willow Junior 100 and have been really impressed with her, especially um, with my other lead dog, Linus. Um, those, those two have been doing awesome the last few races. So I plan on running them in lead again in the junior Iditarod. But it's hard to depend on one singular dog because then when you don't have it in a race, you feel really insecure and really scared to go on the race course without that lead dog. So I'm kind of trying to keep myself from depending on one singular dog for support. I like it for sure. So let's talk about sibling rivalry, if you will. Just a week or so ago, you ran in a race with your brother Stanley here in the Willow Junior 100. Was that the first race that you were able to run with your brother? Yeah, yep. That was our first race that we've competed against each other. So he came into the checkpoint. I I had already gotten in and like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes later, he came in. I wasn't exactly expecting him to be that close behind. I was like, what? You're already in here? Like, I was going to like, I was thought I had like more time before you're going to come in. So then he, he, he hasn't done any sort of like uh, checkpoint routine, which is the, the routine that you use to take care of your dogs at the checkpoint. He had never practiced one before. Whereas my first year, the six months before the race, my dad drilled, drilled into me how to do my checkpoint routine. And I still screwed it up at the checkpoint. I was like walking around in circles, just kind of in a daze. 
so Stanley, as soon as he he stopped and un- unhooked his team, like you know, got him ready to start doing the routine, he was amazing for not doing. Never have done it before. He did awesome. Like he was just following his little list, and I didn't. He he came and asked me a few questions, but that was it. Like I was like I was amazed that he was able to do what he did, and I never. I we never saw each other on the trail. And we weren't exactly competing. I was competing against a few other people, and Stanley was competing against his pe- his few that he was with. But we never we never saw any, each other on the trail. But maybe next time, maybe next time we'll be duking it out, um, trying to see who will end up being in front of the other. So it'll be fun. So was there was there some big sister uh, worries there? Were you worried about your, your little brother out there, or did you just said ah? I watched him at the checkpoint. He's got this. I don't have to worry at all. And obviously you were probably pretty proud of him when he finished the race yeah. uh, being his first race ever. Right. Yeah. So on the trail, the last 10 to 15 miles on the Willow Junior 100, like before you come into the checkpoint, it's some pretty like steep little hills. Like you're like really having to stay on your toes coming into that checkpoint. So I had told him a few things. I, I hadn't really told him like how bad the hills were because I was like, I don't want to make him super worried and get really nervous on his race like before. So I didn't give him extreme detail about the hills. But anyway, so when I was going over them, I was like, oh, I should have told him this. And I should have told him that. Oh, no, he's going to like die on the trail. Like I, he might like, he might, he, like might hit his head on a tree and then he'll like be passed out and like he lose his team. But when I got to the checkpoint, I was like, Oh, he's like fourth into the checkpoint. Look at him. He's doing so good. Like I was, I was like, okay, good. He's, he, he survived. We'll see how he does the next day, but he survived so far. So, and he also has to wear glasses. So then I was like, Oh, he's not going to be able to see very well. He's going to like get his glasses all fogged up. But yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And I'm, he, he did awesome. I, I love it. Now, I'm looking forward to talking to him on, on the next show as well. So, Emily, we have just a few minutes. These shows fly by so fast. You had mentioned that your next race up is the Junior Iditarod, which is next week uh, when we're recording mm-hmm. this. Uh, what do you think about the race? I know you've done it before. Uh, it, it's it's got to be one of your favorites because, I mean, it, it it's the big time, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just one step down from you know, the Iditarod, I mean, a lot of it's the same, the checkpoint routines and the uh, drop bags and vet checks and all that. It's really patterned after the Iditarod, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, like you're saying, yes, this is like my big, like the end of the season sort of race where it's like the big one. This is what we've been training for the entire season season is for this race. It, it's the most competitive race I'll be competing in this season. Like, it's no joke. I'm competing against Ryan Reddington's team. I'm competing against um, Jessica Klaika's team who just signed up. Um, so it'll it'll be competitive and it'll be really fun. But so this is the toughest junior race out there. This is like, it, they will it, they don't go easy on you like it's it's not a walk in the park sort of thing like it's the trails are s- semi difficult but it's more about like you taking care of your dogs by yourself um it's very much about dog care and how you perform on that and yeah it's 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 my big race it's it's 
it's going to, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes. And for folks that are listening, it is an Iditarod qualifier. The kids can use this for, for an Iditarod qualifier. So it, it means a lot for, for somebody that, that wants to move on. So before I ask what's next in your, in your career after Junior Iditarod and all that, I, I like to ask people on the show to tell us a quick story about one of their favorite dogs or an interesting time on the trail with that dog. Just tell us a little bit about one of your favorites, please. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I, I spend so many hours on the sled. Like, I don't even really know. Like, it all just kind of, like, blurs together. Alfie is my main, one of my main lead dogs, and it's amazing to watch her perform. She, she's incredible. And, like, just watching all of the dogs develop um, into becoming athletes is, is amazing. Like, I, like, when I get onto the race course, I, I kind of underestimate their abilities. But once I'm on the race course and I just see how they perform and I'm kind of, like, doubting what they're going to be able to do, once I see them rise above my expectations, I'm blown away. It, it happens every on every race. I'm just like, you guys are able to like do all this. Like it's amazing. I, I'm very proud of my dogs and what they're able to accomplish. And also me as a musher, I've developed. I, I don't give myself enough credit, but I've I've developed as a musher over the past three years of racing, and it's just really fun to do. What a cool story and what an inspiration out there for everybody, whether you're uh, a young lady, uh, a junior musher, an adult musher, just whoever is listening, you are an inspiration for sure. So Emily, what's next after this year? Are, are you planning to continue on with the junior races and, and the other races up uh, until you're in the adult levels? And then are you planning on Iditarod? What's going to happen after high school? What's the next few years look like for you? So I, I do plan on running the junior races until I'm seven. I, I plan on continuing um, racing competitively in these races. After high school, I don't know. I, I don't have any sort of plans for college or anything like that. I don't know if I'm going to be running Iditarod. I, I, it'd be cool to run at least one Iditarod just to be able to say that I did it. But I'm basically leaving the door open because I don't really know. Hey, that and that's okay. It's it's always good to have uh, uh, things that you're working towards. I like it. So, Emily, how can folks follow you guys on social media? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, or where? Do you have a website? Where can folks find out about you guys and, and follow you along on your trail? Yeah. So we're on Facebook. My My parents post a lot on that they're very active in doing that. They, they share a lot of great stories. Robinson racing kennel is where you can follow us. And then also Instagram, but I don't recommend following that because I'm the one who updates it and I'm not, I'm not very good at it. I like my parents are like the techie, like, okay, let's go do Facebook. And I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll post today. Maybe I won't. So I de strongly recommend going and following Facebook, but Instagram is also the same as Robinson Racing Kennel. And yeah, that's where you can find us. Excellent. Emily Robinson is our guest today. Definitely check out Robinson Racing Kennel. We'll put the link in the show notes. Emily, thank you very much for joining us and uh, good luck on the Junior Iditarod. 
Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. On behalf of my guest today, this is Robert with Mushing Radio. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. From DogWorks Radio, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media.